ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد سكنتينيو ويز بلوغ المرام وناو ان ذا تشابتر باب المساجد ذا تشابتر ريجاردينغ ذا موسكس the chapter regarding the mosques, the rules, the regulations, the sunnah acts, the various things that have been mentioned in the Qur'an and the sunnah regarding the masajid. So here then, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala, he says, قَالَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ بَابُ الْمَسَاجِدِ لَمَّا فَرَغَ مِنْ ذِكْرِ الْأَحَادِيثَ الْمُتَعَلِّقَ بِأَحْكَامِ الصَّلَاةِ نَاسَبَ أَنْ يَذْكُرَ مَكَانَ الصَّلَاةِ الَّذِي تُؤَدَّ فِيهِ وَهُوَ the author, he finished narrating or mentioning the ahadith that are related to the uh, various aspects of the prayer, the khushu' etc. that we were discussing. Now it is befitting and suitable to mention after that, the place in which you are actually going to perform the prayer. We spoke about some of the other aspects, the adhan, the times of the prayer, the khushu' in the prayer, he spoke about all of those various acts or issues related to the prayer. Now then it is suitable to mention the actual place where you are going to pray, i.e. the masajid, and what are the rules and regulations linked to that. فالمساجد هي محل إقامة الصلوات المفروضة The masajid, they are the place where you establish the obligatory prayers. وَلَهَا أَحْكَامٌ أَرْشَدَ إِلَيْهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم يَجِبُ مَعْرِفَتُهَا and there are certain rulings regarding the masajid that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, and it is required to know them. So al-masajid, it is the plural of the word masjid. Al-masajid, jam'u masjid bi kasri al-jim. Wa yuqalu masjad bi fathiha. Wal masjid bi kasri al-jim huwa makanu salah, al-mukhassas laha. وَأَمَّا الْمَسْجَدِ بِفَتْحِ الْجِيمِ فَالْمُرَادُ بِهِ مَوْضِعُ السُّجُودِ So the shaykh says there are two words here, masjid and masjad. In the Arabic language the shaykh says the masjid is the ism makan, the place where you perform the act of prostration and praying. As for masjad, then that is the uh, place of your actual prostration. The masjid is the place where you pray and perform the worship, and the masjid is your actual prostration place that you prostrate on. Here though, we are talking about the masjid, and the plural of it, masajid. وَالْمَسَاجِدُ هِيَ أَحَبُّ الْبِقَاعِ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَبَنَاؤُهَا مِنْ أَفْضَلِ الْأَعْمَالِ And these mosques, they are from the most beloved of the places to Allah. And building them is from the best of the actions. Building these masajid. Kama ja'a fil hadith, just like it's mentioned in a hadith, man bana lillahi masjidan, walau ka mafhasi qita' bana allahu lahu baytan fil jannah. And whomsoever builds a mosque, even if it is a small section, even if it is a small section, this example given like a bird in a nest, etc. Even a small section, the size of an egg or whatever, a small part, if somebody helps to build that section of the masjid, then that is recorded for him as a great deed, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala builds a house in paradise, 
for the individual who builds the masajid, even if it is a small part of the masjid. Masajid subhanahu wa ta'ala, and these masajid, they are the houses of Allah. And due to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned various ayat in the Qur'an, uh, speaking about the virtues of the masajid, speaking about the virtues of the masajid, Allah has mentioned various ayat in the Quran. Amongst them is Surah At-Tawbah, uh, ayah number eighteen. Inna ya'muru masajid Allah man amana billahi wal yawm al akhir wa aqama al salah wa ata al zakah wa lam yakhsha illa Allah. That indeed the ones who maintain the masajid, they are those who believe in Allah on the last day. And they establish the prayer and they give the zakat, and they do not fear except Allah. So this is a virtue of those masajid. And Allah mentions that the people who maintain those masajid, then they are individuals whom believe in Allah on the last day. And they establish the prayer and they give the zakat. فَالْعِمَارَةَ تَكُونُ بِالطِّينِ وَمَوَادُ الْبِنَاءِ لَكِنَّهَا وَحْدَهَا لَا تَكْفِي لِأَنَّ عِمَارَتَهَا بِطَاعَةٍ وَعِبَادَةٍ وَعِبَادَةٍ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى هَذِهِ هِيَ الْعِمَارَةَ الْحَقِيقِيَةِ So building a masjid, it isn't just with the meaning of putting the bricks and the cement together, but building a masjid and maintaining a masjid isn't just the bricks. And the cement, rather it is the worship and the prayers that are then performed within it. The performance of that worship, the performance of the obedience to Allah upon Tawheed within those masajid, then that is from the meaning of maintaining and building those masajid. masajid <laughs> فِي صَدْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ مِنْ نُورِ الْعِلْمِ وَالتَّعْلِيمِ فَإِنَّ هَذِي الْمَسَاجِدِ لَا تُؤَدِّي الْغَرَضِ الْمَطْلُوبِ مِنْ إِجَادِهَا The shaykh says, as for those mosques that are built, however, they are not used for prayer within them. The worship is not established within them, the prayer is not established in congregation properly and accurately five times a day. The learning, the lessons are not conducted within it. And those types of buildings that are built as masajid, they have not fulfilled their purpose. Those who have built them have not fulfilled their purpose of building them. Because they are not establishing the worship within them, they are not establishing the learning, the studies, the lessons. So they have not fulfilled the reality of why they should have built them. فَإِنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ كَانَتْ فِي عَهْدِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَالِحِ كانت منارات إشعاء للمسلمين that the mosques at the time of the Prophet ﷺ and at the time of the Salaf they used to be the, the shining lights they used to be the places that stand out these masajid for the believers يؤدون فيها صلواتهم جماعة they used to pray their prayers within them congregationally ويتلقون فيها العلم من علمائهم and they used to learn the knowledge from their scholars within it. وَيَدْرُسُونَ فِيهَا كِتَابَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ فِيمَا بَيْنَهُمْ And they used to learn the Qur'an, the book of Allah within them. And they used to study that amongst them. وَيَعْتَقِفُونَ فِيهَا الْأَيَّامَ الْعَدِيدَ فِي طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ And they used to do the i'tiqaf. 
They used to do the i'tiqaf in the masajid as obedience to Allah. كما أنه كان يجلس فيها العلماء للفتيا ولحل الخصومات والقضاء بين المسلمين. Just as the scholars, they used to sit in the masajid and answer questions and resolve the issues of the people and judge between the people. Those kinds of affairs, they used to occur within the masajid. وكذلك كانت تعقد فيها رايات الجهاد في سبيل الله ويعين فيها القادة للجهاد كل ذلك في المساجد فقد كانت المساجد في أحد الصلف الصالح مصدر الخير بجميع أنواعه للمسلمين and similarly in the affairs of jihad and other than that all of that used to be organized in those places so they were these masajid a beneficial place to fulfill many of the needs of the Muslims. وَأَمَّا فِي الْعُصُورِ الْمُتَأَخِّرَةِ فَإِنَّ الْمَسَاجِدِ عَطَّلَتْ مِنْ كَثِيرٍ مِنْ وَظَائِفِهَا As for these days now, then the masajid, many of them, they do not fulfill the many roles that should be fulfilled within them. حَتَّى مِنَ الصَّلَاةِ Even if it's the prayer, in some of the masajid you barely have any congregation. فَأَصْبَحَتْ لَا تُؤَدَّى فِيهَا كَمَا كَانَتْ تُؤَدَّى فِي أَحْدِ الصَّلَفِ الصَّالِحِ So the performance within these masajid of the worship and the obedience is not the same as how the masajid used to be at the time of the salaf. بَلْ أُحْدِثَ فِيهَا مِنَ الْبِدَعِ وَالضَّلَالَاتِ مَا يَتَنَافَ مَعَ حُرْمَتِهَا وَمَكَانَتِهَا وَوَظِيفَتِهَا And instead, not only have the masajid become barren of some of the uses that they should be used for as the salaf they used to use them for. Not only have they become void of that, but in place of that, even worse than that, the masajid nowadays, many of them, they have within them all types of innovations and misguidance. They have all types of innovations and misguidance, and these types of activities that are false and baseless, not from the Qur'an and the sunnah, then they actually go against and oppose the sanctity of the masjid. They oppose and they go against the sanctity of the masjid. Some of these types of acts that the people they engage in. And the shaykh is going to continue to mention here. أُحْدِثَ فِيهَا دَفْنُ الْأَمْوَاتِ One of the things from the misguided affairs that have now started to occur in the masajid is that people bury their dead within the masajid. So they dig the graves within the masajid and they bury their dead within it. As have the Jama'at al-Tabliq with their leader, Muhammad Ilyas, buried in a masjid. So this is what they have done, and this is from the evil affairs. وَأُحْدِثَتْ فِيهَا بِدَعُ الصُّوفِيَّةِ And the Sufis, they have come about with all types of innovations of their own into the masajid. And if you go to the Sufis, or you, are, you will be aware of what the Sufis they are upon uh, within their various sects in their masajid, they will turn the lights off, they will make it all dark, and they will sit together, and then they will hymn, or sing, or do other types of adhkar, as they say, and they say this is sunnah. And all of that is in contradiction to what the masajid they were built for. وَغَيْرُ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْمُنْكَرَاتِ And other than that, from the evil affairs that the people now use the masajid for, affairs that were not established in the Qur'an and the sunnah, and the actual affairs that the Salaf used to use the masajid for, then nowadays many of the people, they have forgotten those and they have abandoned those affairs. وَلِذَٰلِكَ ضَعُفَ أَثَرُ الْمَسَاجِدِ فِي حَيَاتِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِي وَقْتِنَا الْحَاضِرِ 
That's why Shaykh al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah says, this is the reason why the effect of the masajid has become restricted and limited and weakened in our time upon the believers. The effect of the masajid has weakened upon the believers now. Because the believers, many of them, upon their misguidance, they don't use the masajid in the appropriate manner that they should be used for. And they don't fulfill within the masajid the appropriate types of activities that should be done and conducted. And instead they use them for other purposes that are not legitimate. فَالتَّعْلِيمُ أُخْرِجَ مِنْهَا So one of the things that you see is that learning and studying has been taken out of the masajid. Lessons and knowledge and these affairs are rarely found in the masajid of many of these groups and individuals now. So that is something amongst the other affairs that is now missing. And as a consequence, the masajid, they are not being used to their potential as the salaf. They used to use them for the purposes they used to use them. لِذَا فَقَدْ حَصَلَ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِينَ نَقْصٌ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ مَنَافِعِ الْمَسَاجِدَ That's why the shaykh says, the believers now experience a great deficiency with regards to themselves and their masajid. لِأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ فِيهَا سِرٌ Because indeed the masajid, there is great benefits and a secret behind them. فَفِيهَا تَنْزِلُ الرَّحْمَةِ Within the masajid, the mercy descends upon them. وَفِيهَا تَلْتَقِي الْمَلَائِكَةِ And the angels, they gather within them. وَفِيهَا خُضُوعُ الْمُسْلِمِ لِرَبِّهِ وَخَالِقِهِ And within the masajid, then you have the subservience and the humility of the servants of Allah to their Lord. بِخِلَافِ مَا إِذَا كَانَ ذَلِكَ خَارِجَ الْمَسْجِدِ In opposition to what you will find outside of the masjid. Maybe you will not see an individual upon the humility and the subservience and the humbleness to his Lord outside of the masjid as you will see the people within the masjid. Similarly, the other affairs of the angels and the mercy, etc. And these are all mentioned as occurring within the masajid. فَالْحَاصِلْ أَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لَهَا مَكَانَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ So the point being that the masajid, the mosques have a great status within Islam. وَقَدْ نَهَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ عَنْ كُلِّ إِسَاءَةِ أَدَبٍ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ And the Prophet ﷺ, he forbade us from engaging in any type of evil or ill activity within the masajid. We have been prohibited in the sunnah to engage in any type of evil or ill activity within the masajid or anything which is not befitting of the masajid. From amongst that is the spitting that we mentioned. Spitting or spittling or anything of that nature to be done within the masajid is not correct. Similarly, buying and selling within the masajid is not correct. Similarly, making announcements for lost property and looking for lost property within the masajid, that is not their purpose. كَمَا أَمَرَ Similarly, there are places that must be kept pure and clean. So in the example of the man who came and urinated in the corner of the masjid, جَاءَ أَعْرَابِيٌ فَبَالَ فِي طَائِفَةٍ مِنَ الْمَسْجِدِ فَزَجَرَهُ النَّاسِ فَنَهَاهُمُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ That when a person he came, he urinated in the corner of the masjid. So the companions, they were rebuking that. So the Prophet ﷺ stopped them from that. 
And he said to them, leave him, allow him to finish. So when he finished, then the Prophet ﷺ ordered for some water to be brought, and then that water was poured over that area to purify it. So this indicates that the masajid they must be kept pure and clean. Then the Shaykh says, after mentioning that introduction on the masajid, وَقَدْ أَوْرَدَ الْمُسَنِّفُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ قِسْمًا مِنَ الْأَحَادِيثِ الَّتِي تُبَيِّنُ أَهْمِيَةَ الْمَسَاجِدَ In this chapter now, Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentions a selection of a hadith that explain the importance of these masajid. وَمَا يَنْبَغِي فِعْلُهُ لِتُصَانْ مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَفْعَالِ غَيْرِ اللَّائِقَةِ and that which is befitting to be maintained within the masajid, that, must, that which must be done in terms of protecting and maintaining the masajid from any type of speech or actions that are not befitting. So these are hadith are going to mention those types of affairs that are not correct and befitting to be done within the masajid. And those affairs that should be done to maintain the masajid. وَقَدْ كَانَ عُلَمَاءُ الْحَدِيثِ يُخَصِّسُونَ لَهَا بَابًا خَاصًا كَمَا فِي صَحِيهِ الْبُخَارِي وَغَيْرِهِ And the scholars, the shaykh says, often in their books you will find that they used to make mention of specific chapters within their books known as the chapter of the masajid, the chapter of the mosques, like in Sahih al-Bukhari, and like in this book we have here now, Bulugh al-Maram, the chapter specifically of the masajid. Um, كَمَا أَنَّهُ أُلِّفَتْ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ مُؤَلَّفَاتٌ مُسْتَقِلَّةٌ Similarly, the shaykh says, not only did the scholars used to mention chapters within their books, specifically for the masajid, there are actually books, whole books, independently by themselves printed on the topic of the masajid. There are whole books, separate and independent, printed wholly on the topic of the masajid. And there are many books mentioned uh, by the Shaykh, even Shaykh Al-Albani rahimahullah from the uh, later scholars has a book regarding the masajid and what should be done and how they have to be protected from certain types of acts within them. So this is the introduction regarding the masajid. The first hadith which is mentioned here then, وَعَنْ عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا قَالَتْ عَائِشَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا She narrates, أَمَرَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِبِنَاءِ الْمَسَاجِدِ فِي الدُّورِ وَأَنْ تُنَظَّفْ وَتُطَيَّبْ رواه أحمد وأبو داود والترمذي وصحح إرسالة This hadith of Aisha رضي الله عنها that Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar رحمه الله mentioned she says that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم commanded for the masajid to be built in the doer, we'll come to the meaning of that in a moment, and that they should be cleaned and kept beautified and fragranced, that they should be kept clean and beautified and fragranced, the mosques should be built and kept clean and beautified. This hadith then, the scholars have said that the doer, amara and tubna al-masajid fi doer, قال العلماء المراد بالدور الحارات أي تبنى المساجد في الحارات ومحلات تجمع السكان. The meaning of this is in those neighborhoods or areas where the people live. 
in the neighborhoods, in the areas where people congregate and they live in numbers, then within those clusters, within those numbers of people in those areas, masajid should be built within them. So that every group of people, every group of people in that area, in that neighborhood, then they have a masjid where they can go and they can pray the congregational prayers within it. وقيل المراد بقوله في الدور يعني في البيوت. There's another meaning of this hadith. The first meaning and the popular meaning of it is that the Prophet ﷺ was saying, build the masajid in those areas where the people live. They are congregated, they are congested in those areas, in those neighborhoods where there's a lot of houses, a lot of people, a lot of families. In those areas, build masajid. So all of those people in that area have a masjid where they can go and pray in congregation. There's a secondary meaning to this hadith, which is build the masajid in your homes. In your homes, meaning that you specify places within your homes for the nawafil prayers. Specify places in your homes for the nawafil prayers. فِي الْبِيُوتِ وَمَعَنَ ذَلِكَ أَنَّ صَاحِبِ الْبَيْتِ يُخَصِّصُ فِيهِ مَكَانًا لِصَلَاةِ النَّافِلَةِ that a person in his home, he specifies a place where he prays his supererogatory prayers. And that is due to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, أَفْضَلُ صَلَاةِ الْمَرْئِ فِي بَيْتِهِ إِلَّا الْمَكْتُوبَةِ That the best of the prayers for an individual is in his house, except for the obligatory ones. The best of the prayers for a male, for an individual, a man, is in his home, except for the obligatory prayers. So the supererogatory prayers, all of those, are prayed within the homes. And that is better. And as for the obligatory prayers, then they are prayed in congregation for the males in the masajid. فَأَفْضَلُ مَا تُؤَدَّ النَّوَافِلُ فِي الْبُيُوتِ وَأَمَّا الْفَرَائِضِ فَلَا بُدَّ أَن تَكُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ So the supererogatory prayers, they can be in the homes, for the men included, and that's better. But as for the obligatory prayers, and they should be conducted within the masajid in congregation. وَلَكِنْ الْمَعْنَ الْأُولَىٰ أَظْهَرْ And the shaykh says the first meaning is more apparent here. That the meaning of the hadith is, build the masajid in the areas. In the areas where the people are, where there are many Muslims, and they need a place of worship. So to attempt to build a masjid in that area, to uh, be able to... Uh, uh, serve the Muslims of that area to pray in congregation, etc. And that they should also be kept clean, meaning all types of impurities and all types of affairs that are disgusting or dirty or impure, unclean, then they are not befitting of the masajid. So the masajid should be kept clean from them. بِحَيْثُ تَكُونُ نَظِيفَةً صَالِحَةً لِلصَّلَاةِ وَلِلْعِبَادَةِ to the extent that they are then kept clean for uh, and suitable for the prayer and for other worship. And similarly, cleaning the masajid, cleaning the masajid is from the best of the actions. And if and if we have been told here that we need to keep the masajid pure and clean, then this therefore indicates the opposite is something that is not allowable. 
If we've been told to keep them clean, then by default that means you are not allowed to dirty them or do anything which will cause them to become dirty. So the masajid are to be kept clean and suitable for worship and for prayer. So it is not befitting to throw anything in the masajid, as the Sheikh says, كَإِلْقَاءِ الْمُخَلَّفَاتِ أَوِ الْمَنَادِيلِ الْمُسْتَعْمَلَةِ Tissues and other affairs to throw them in the masjid or to leave them behind. And that is something which is clearly unbefitting to be done in the house from the houses of Allah. وَهَذَا يُعْتَبَرْ خَطِيئَةِ And this is a sin. It's a mistake and a sin for an individual to do something like that. To leave dirt in the masjid or dirty tissues, etc., whatever it may be. But those types of affairs, they should be cleaned up and not left behind in that way. وَأَنْتُ طَيَّبْ And that the masajid, they should be fragranced. The masajid should be fragranced. They should have a nice smell to them also. أَيْ تُجْعَلُ فِي الرَّائِحَ أَطَيِّبَ مِنَ الْبُخُورِ وَصَائِرِ الرَّوَائِحَ أَطَيِّبَ Meaning that you put some nice fragrance in the masjid, having some nice fragrance in the masjid, and that is from the uh, uh, correct and good actions to be conducted within that masjid. To keep it as a place beautiful for worship, smelling nice for worship, clean for worship. So fragrancing it with nice smells, and that is something which is good to do with the various types of fragrances you can get. You get those uh, steam types of fragrances, etc., all of those. لأنها مأوى الملائكة ومأوى المصلين Because the masjid is a place where the angels they gather And it's a place where the worshippers, the people who are going to pray, they gather والملائكة تتأذى مما يتأذى منه الإنسان And the angels they are harmed by that which a human is harmed There are certain types of things that are not befitting For example bad smells Bad smells are not befitting not for the humans and similarly the angels. They are not befitting these bad smells to exist within the masajid. That's what the Shaykh says. لِذَا يَنْبَغِي أَن تُزَال مِنْهَا الرَّوَائِحَ الْكَرِيهَا That's why it is suitable and befitting that any ill smells, any bad smells should be removed from the masajid. وَيُجْعَلْ مَحَلَّهَا الرَّوَائِحَ الطَّيِّبَ and you should have some nice fragrances on the wall or somewhere in the shelf of the masjid so that people who come to the masjid they can smell the nice fragrance within the masjid. This also would therefore indicate that if we're being told in this hadith that the masajid should have nice fragrances within them, a nice smell to the masajid, it would therefore indicate the impermissibility of the opposite. That it is not befitting for a masjid to have bad smells within it. Therefore, it is not befitting for an individual to come to a masjid smelling bad. That is also indicated from the benefits of the hadith. That an individual should not come to the masjid in a smell or with a smell that is bad. Because that goes in contradiction to having the masjid smelling nice. So it's mentioned in the sunnah regarding certain types of foods. Uh, for example, onions and garlic and these types of foods are mentioned in certain narrations that a person who eats those types of things, that changes the smell of a person's mouth. And so for those types of foods, then it is not befitting, it is not correct, not permissible for an individual 
to have those types of foods and then come into the masjid with those types of smells emanating from his mouth. And even worse than that, the Shaykh says, is what the people they engage in nowadays, this fitna that so many people have been overcome by, that of smoking. So an individual, he smokes and he commits this haram action, not makruh, haram action. He smokes and he harms himself and he puts sin upon himself. And then he comes and he makes the affair difficult for the others in the masjid also with that bad smell of the cigarettes. An individual should clean himself, purify himself before coming to the masjid. Come in a state of good fragrance. Not to come in a state whereby his fragrance or his smell or uh, the foods he's eaten, whatever it may be, are going to cause difficulty or hardship or uh, a problem for the others in the masjid. So this hadith therefore indicates that these masajid, they should be built in the areas where the people, they congregate and they live, in order that the believers have a place where they can pray and they can congregate for that worship and obedience to Allah, and to give importance to those affairs, uh, and that those masajid should then be kept clean and pure, and similarly they should be kept smelling nice and beautified in terms of the fragrance. Not necessarily, in fact not at all, beautified in terms of the appearance. Here we are talking about beautification in terms of keeping it clean and nice fragrances. That doesn't mean beautification in terms of putting all types of decorations around the walls. That we already mentioned isn't the meaning of the masajid. The masajid are meant to be simple. Particularly in a place where you're going to pray, you don't want distractions. As we mentioned in the previous lesson. So the beautification is not referring to all types of decorations. Rather, it is referring to the cleanliness of the masjid and the fragrancing of it. So that is the first hadith that is mentioned in the chapter. The second hadith after that, وعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قاتل الله اليهود اتخذوا قبور أنبيائهم مساجد متفق عليه وزاد مسلم والنصارى ولهما من حديث عائشة رضي الله عنها قالت قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كانوا إذا مات فيهم الرجل الصالح بنوا على قبره مسجدا وفيه أولئك شرار الخلق سيملالي from amongst those types of acts and actions that a masjid must be protected from, not only the dirty, dirtiness or the tissues and other unclean things that we mentioned, you keep the masjid clean from those types of things, but also you keep the masjid clean from another type of impurity. And that is the impurity of shirk, the impurity of this shirk, that some of the people have fallen into, and that's what this hadith now of Abu Huraira mentions, that the curse of Allah be upon the Jews, they took the graves of their prophets as masajid. They took the graves of their prophets as masajid. A hadith which is in Al-Bukhari, a Muslim agreed upon. And Muslim, in Sahih Muslim, added, and also the Christians. So it's known that the Christians and the Jews, they used to take the graves, they used to take the graves of the pious as places of worship. They used to build upon them the places of worship. And that is something which is prohibited in Islam, to build 
the places of worship upon graves or to have the graves within the masajid. And we'll come to the issue of the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ as many of the people are confused by it. So the rule and the principle is clear that the graves are not permissible in the masajid nor to build the masajid on top of the graves. And here that's why it mentions that the curse of Allah be upon the uh, sects, the nations, the Jews, the Christians who did that. That they used to build the temples and whatever else, their places of worship on top of the graves of the righteous. Um, as for the Jews and the Christians, then initially they were given the revelation also. And that's why they are known as Ahlul Kitab. They were given the revelation and that was a revelation from Allah, the Torah and the Injil, what's now known as the Old Testament and the New Testament. That is the Torah and the Injil, which was a revelation from Allah. However, after a period of time, then that revelation it became distorted. That revelation became distorted. Things were added to it. Things were taken away from it. And therefore, we are now left in a position where those books are no longer upon their original state. Those books are no longer upon their original state. So you see that there are many versions of the Bible, and there are many versions that are available. So this indicates as well as the inaccuracies or the uh, differences between the various versions of these scriptures now that they have been distorted. For example, the lineage of Isa salam from his mother upwards, the lineage, it is different in different versions of the Bible. So that clearly indicates that this must be an error. It cannot be that there were two different lineages. Isa salam is Isa salam. However, this uh, discrepancy indicates that those are not the original texts any longer. They have been added to, they have been distorted, they have been altered and they have been changed. But originally, then they were scriptures and revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And within their scriptures was mentioned the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It was mentioned the coming of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they were aware of that. So in this hadith, it mentions this issue of building the masajid on top of the graves. When Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this as a warning to us that we should not do as those nations did before us, as those individuals with those previous scriptures did before us in terms of building their places of worship over the graves of their righteous, the graves of the prophets. And that is something that we are warned against from doing because that الشرك, that is a means that can lead on to shirk and the shirk did not occur in the nation of Nuh in the people of Nuh السلام, except by way of this by way of the graves how they used to go out to the graves of the righteous and they had that ghulu that extremism, that excessiveness in those righteous people, and then eventually step by step the shaitan made them build figurines and statues, until eventually when generations came after, they began to worship them. 
So it's known that one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest ways as the scholars say for shirk to occur, is via graves and graveyards, and those that have passed away. That's why you see so many of the individuals now, their error is with regards to those who have passed away, with regards to seeking intercession from them, with regards to making dua to them. So the graveyards are one of the greatest trials in terms of the shirk occurring, and that is why the Prophet ﷺ warned us from engaging in that type of activity, whereby masajid are built on top of the graves. Uh, the hadith that is also mentioned next to it is the hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha. She said that the Prophet ﷺ said, كَانُوا إِذَا مَاتَ فِيهِمِ الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحِ That when a righteous man used to die amongst them, بَنَوْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا They used to build a mosque on top of it. Whenever those righteous men used to die amongst them, they used to build a place of worship on top of it. Then it's mentioned in the narration, أُولَٰئِكَ شِرَارُ الْخَلْقِ They are the worst of creation. The ones who used to do that act of building the masajid and top of the graves. So what are the issues to be taken from these narrations in summary? Firstly, تَحْرِيم تَحْرِيمُ عَلَى الْقَبُورِ The impermissibility of building masajid or anything on top of graves. Even the shrines and the tombs, all of these things on top of graves are impermissible. Even the headstones should not be done in the way that you see now. A headstone Islamically shouldn't be any bigger than a handspan. A handspan is how big it should be, something there to be able to distinguish and identify that this is the grave. A handspan or something of that size. As for these tombstones now like this, to the two foot or three foot or even bigger, with all types of writing on it, the beloved, our father, etc, etc. All of this is not from Islamic practice. This has been taken from other nations and other peoples. As for Islamically, then it's not a practice to have a huge tombstone and to build huge shrines on top of the graves. But you have something small if it is required to the size of a handspan at most just to identify that this is the grave. And that is the way that the believers, they did it. As for now, then the people when they engage in burying, then it costs thousands of pounds. They cost thousands to build these headstones and thousands to build these shrines and other things on top of that grave. And none of it is necessary. All of that which is required in Islam is to have some small item to the size of a handspan to identify that this is the correct grave or this is the grave of a person buried. Secondly, so that's the first prohibition to build on top of graves because that leads on to shirk. Secondly, dalilun ala tahrim is salah and al qabur. The impermissibility of praying in graveyards or in graves or towards graves. And we already mentioned that hadith. لا تصلوا إلى القبور ولا تجلسوا عليها Do not pray towards the graves and do not sit upon them. Do not pray towards them and do not sit upon them because both of those actions are extremism. If you pray towards the graves, you've gone into extremism in terms of your love for those people and your exaggeration of them to the extent you've begun to commit shirk by praying towards them. Or... The other aspect of sitting on top of them, if you do that, then you've gone to the extreme on the other side. A complete lack of respect. 
disrespect to go and sit on top of the graves. And that's why it's mentioned in certain narrations in the sunnah that you should take your shoes off when walking in amongst the graveyards. Not the footpaths that they have, but when you go off the footpath into the area where the graves are, it's mentioned in the sunnah you should take your shoes off and walk in those areas in between the graves due to respect for those that are buried. So that's the second issue here mentioned, that it is impermissible to pray towards the graves or to in fact do any other act of obedience in that way, slaughtering or vowing or anything of that nature. As for making dua for the people in the grave, and that is correct and good, that you make dua to Allah asking Him to forgive the people in the graves, to forgive this individual, to have mercy upon that individual. So you're asking Allah, you're making your dua to Allah for these people. Not that you're making your dua to these people, asking them. That's the shirk. But if you make dua to Allah, oh Allah forgive such and such who's, who's dead. Oh Allah have mercy upon such and such who's passed away. That's another matter. But the issue is when the people, they start to make their dua to the people in the graves. The third issue, في الحديث تحريم تعليق سور المعظمين من الأنبياء والصالحين والملوك والرؤساء لأن هذا يؤدي إلى عبادتها كما حدث لقوم نوح لما علقوا سور الصالحين وكما حدث لليهود والنصارى لما علقوا السور في كنائسهم آل بهم ذلك إلى الشرك الأكبر والعياذ بالله. The Sheikh says it is impermissible to hang to hang pictures or figurines or statues, pictures of these respected individuals or uh, kings or leaders, having pictures hung up on the walls of these respected individuals, these pious people as they claim, great imams as they claim, then that is not befitting. One, because of all of the regulations regarding picture taking, and on top of the fact that if you do this, then it could lead on to something which is shirk from your uh, reverence of these people and your great amount of respect for them may cause you to end up committing some type of act that is impermissible and shirk. Similarly, in the narrations it mentions uh, that Allah cursed the Jews and the Christians. And that was those individuals who were given the scripture originally that was correct, but then afterwards that scripture was left and it was distorted and it was deviated away from. And that is why this is mentioned. And one of those acts that was done by them was building the temples and places of worship on top of the graves, which is something that Muslims have been commanded not to do. Uh, that therefore also brings us on to the point that it is actually impermissible to imitate other people, other nations, to imitate other religions. Islam is a religion that gives you a way of life. It explains to you how to live your various parts, various aspects of your life. It is not permissible for an individual to therefore abandon what's in Islam and imitate somebody else or some other religion. That's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ Whomsoever imitates a group of people, then he is from them. So a Muslim, he practices Islam in the best manner possible and does not attempt to imitate other people. There is no need for imitation. Islam comes with the most perfect and beautiful way to live your life. So there is no need for any imitation and it is incorrect to be imitating other people in their acts. The sixth thing that is mentioned here in this hadith is regarding how those individuals 
who used to make the graves, etc., on the uh, uh, the the uh, mosques, the places of worship on top of the graves, then they are shirar wal khalq. They are the worst of creation. The worst of creation that is mentioned regarding them. أَنَّ مَنْ بَنَا عَلَى الْقَبُورِ أَوْ اتَّخَذَهَا مَسَاجِدْ فَهُوَ مِنْ شِرَارِ الْخَلْقِ Whomsoever builds on top of the graves or takes those graves as places of worship, then they are from the worst of creation. لِأَنَّهُ فَعَلَى فِعْلًا يُغَيِّرُ الْمِلَّةِ وَيُبَدِّلُ الدِّينِ فَعَلَى هَذَا فَإِنَّ هَؤُلَاءِ الَّذِينَ بَنَوْا عَلَى قَبُورِ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ الْمَسَاجِدْ هَؤُلَاءِ وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ الْآخَرِ مِنْ شِرَارِ النَّاسِ مَنْ تُدْرِكُهُمُ الصَّعَى وَهُمْ أَحْيَاءَ وَمَنْ يَتَّخِذُ الْقُبُورَ مَسَاجِدَ And there are various narrations that are mentioning about those individuals who take the mosques as places of uh, burying and making graves or building the masajid on top of graves, how they are the most evil of the people. In one narration it says that the hour will be established upon the evil people uh, who are alive at that time, who are left at the end of time, and the people who used to build the mosques on top of graves. And similarly, the people who used to build the mosques on top of graves. So we see that this is an act that is impermissible. Uh, the next point to be mentioned, therefore, linked to that, is that the prayer is not acceptable in a masjid that is built on top of graves. دَلَّ الْحَدِيثِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا تَسِحُّ الصَّلَاءِ the hadith indicates that it is not correct. The prayers are not correct. That are prayed in a masjid that is built on top of graves. Because the Prophet ﷺ, he prohibited from that. And he cursed the ones who did that. So this prohibition indicates the falsehood or the corruption of that act. فَلَا تَجُوزُ الصَّلَاةُ عِنْدَ الْمَسَاجِدِ الْمَبْنِيَةِ عَلَى الْقَبُورِ So it is not permissible to pray in mosques that are built on top of graves. Um, there's a hadith in Sahih Muslim clear again. The Prophet said, أَلَا فَلَا تَتَّخِذُ الْقَبُورَ مَسَاجِدِ فَإِنِّي أَنْهَاكُمْ عَنْ ذَلِكِ Do not take the graves uh, as masajid. Indeed, I prohibit you from that. Clear hadith. Um... The final point that can be mentioned therefore is وجوب هدم هذه المساجد المبنية على القبور لأنها من المنكرات والمنكر تجب إزالته عند القدرة فيجب على ذوي السلطان والنفوذ أن يهدموا هذه القبور إذا قدروا عليها لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم لعلي ابن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه لا تدع قبرا مشرفا إلا صويته as for these masajid that are built on top of the graves, then what's befitting and what needs to be done is that those areas are corrected. The graves are destroyed, those tombs and shrines. Or the masajid, they are taken down from those places where they are built on top of graves and built elsewhere. That is indicated by these hadith, the impermissibility and the prohibition of the masajid and graves. Therefore, those types of masajid should be removed from that area, taken down and built elsewhere. Or the graveyards or uh, those graves, something needs to be done regarding them. Similarly, that they are taken down, the shrines, etc. But that is mentioned in a hadith of Ali radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet said to him, do not leave any grave that is outstanding except that you flatten it. 
Do not leave any grave that is outstanding, it's uh, uh, up, it's apparent, except that you uh, flatten it. And that's what we mentioned regarding the headstones, that they shouldn't be higher than a handspan at most. And that is for the people of authority, for the ones who have authority and ability to be able to do that in their lands, then they do that. As for an individual who doesn't have any authority to be able to do that, then that is not permissible for him to engage in those types of activities. So we'll conclude upon that hadith for today. And next time we'll start with the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, حديث 253 عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال بعث جسد خيرا فجاءت برجل فربطوه بصاريه من صوار المسجد regarding the individual that was tied to the column of the masjid that will come to next time inshallah ta'ala if there's any questions on that linked to that topic or last week's or the previous lesson ah the grave of course yes the grave of the Prophet ﷺ in the masjid. You're aware that the Prophet ﷺ was buried in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, which used to be just at the side of the masjid. That was just at the side of the masjid. And as you're aware, at that time the masjid, the whole, in fact the whole of Medina was practically the size of the masjid now, in those days. In the early times, in the early days, what now is the size of the masjid and the hotels, that was the whole of Medina practically. But now, in the early times, the masjid was small, in that small part at the, at the beginning. And the next building was the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, and the other houses of the wives of the Prophet When the Prophet died, he was buried in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. After that, when the Muslims, their numbers increased, then the masjid was in need of expansion. So they expanded. They expanded in various directions. Until years later, they required further expansion, but they were stuck because they couldn't go in that direction. Because that direction, that one particular direction to the corner of the masjid, the grave of the Prophet ﷺ was there. It wasn't possible to expand that way because that would mean now that the grave would end up being encompassed by the masjid. So that was the issue that they had. At that time, the leaders, the leader of the time, he decided that the need was substantial enough to have to do it. Because there was no other way or not sufficient a way to be able to expand the masjid in other directions. So the leader of the time decided that this is something that must be done. And so that was his decision, the leader of the time. Despite the fact that many of the scholars from that time and throughout the ages have clearly stated that it was not something they approved of. Many of the scholars, they didn't approve of that. From the early times, that the expansion was to be done in that direction. However, the leader of the time, he did it. On top of that though, it should be mentioned, that the masjid, the Prophet's masjid, the grave of the Prophet ﷺ, if anybody who's been there, you'll have seen this, it is completely blocked off by brick walls, all the way around. Three sides are blocked off by brick walls. If you walked behind it, you wouldn't even know that there's a grave or the grave of the Prophet is here. Brick walls going right to the ceiling on three sides. Only on the front side you have, for those who have seen it, you'll, you'll know, 
the metal type of cage type of thing at the front side where you walk past and you give the salam, etc. That's the only side where you can possibly look in from. All the other sides are engulfed, encompassed by brick walls right up to the ceilings. So there has been an attempt to isolate that area. And the area has been isolated. That area is isolated and separate behind the brick walls. And the expansion, like we said, it was done by the leader at the time. Some of the scholars, as it's mentioned, didn't agree with that because of this confusion that may occur, which exists now amongst the people. And people use that as an evidence to say, we can have graves in the masjid. And this is incorrect. This is false. The ahadith and narrations are clear. Whatever occurred at that time, where the leader, he believed that there was no choice but to have to expand, block off the grave and isolate it and exclude it with walls and expand, then that was done. But the reality is, that doesn't change the ruling in Islam. That you're not allowed to have graves in masajid. That one now, the grave of the Prophet it's excluded with the walls, all blocked off every side, there's no access to it, nothing. That is all covered. As for the people now, even if they use that as an example, which isn't correct, they won't be doing that. They'll make their graves apparent and open in the masajid. Because they want them to be places to be revered. Not places that are blocked off and covered and you can't even tell it's there. So these individuals, they don't have a proof in that. The proof is in the Quran and the Sunnah, the Ahadith, which clearly state the impermissibility of doing that act, not to use examples like this. So that is something that the scholars, they mentioned, even the scholars, they, they disapproved of it. But in, uh, in any case, it is blocked off and isolated in all directions. And it cannot be said that that in any way is used as a place to go in there and worship. There's no access inside anyway. Is there anything else? In mosques where they are calling upon others besides Allah, they are calling upon others besides Allah, seeking intercession via others besides Allah, the awliya, whoever they may be, even the prophets and messengers, the prophets, etc. If they are calling upon others, then that's an act of shirk. Those type of masajid, they don't go to them. Those types of masajid, don't go to them, don't pray with them. If they've got to the level where they are calling upon others, and they are making the dua to the Ya Rasulullah, this, that, the other, those types of things, those masajid leave them. Go to the masajid where those types of activities do not occur. Here, all of this, remember the Quran and the Sunnah, everything into context. The masajid, they have their honor. The masajid have the honor. But like we said, the masajid nowadays are not being used for the purpose the Salaf used to use them for. Instead, it's the opposite. People are using them for bid'ah, for innovations, for all types of evil acts. So now these masajid where these people who are running them are using them, for those types of evil acts and misguidance within them, then leave those massages and go to others that are better. Which tomb? I don't know. Allah, I'm not aware. I'm not, I'm not aware of any tomb in Baqia. In Baqia, everything is uh, flat. I don't know. A tomb is like a headstone. There's a structure, a building, towards the back. Uh-huh. 
I don't know, Akhi. Allah I think it used to be like that, but then it was flattened. Then it's they used to, if you see the pictures of Baqir before, there used to be tombs everywhere. Yeah. And all those graveyards, there used to be tombs and shrines and buildings, but they were all taken down. I don't know uh, if there's anything. Allahu alam, I don't know. We'll have to investigate what this is. If it's uh, if it's proven. You know, a lot of the time they'll say to you, the people, when you go for Hajj and Umrah, these tour guides, they say, this is the grave of such and such, and this is the grave of such and such. And in reality, there's no basis to it anyway. So Allah alam, what this uh, this is, I don't know about this, but that, that, that there's any uh, built, built type of thing in the graveyard. I'm not aware of that. I don't think so. Allah alam. Maybe something else. If it was in the corner, it could be something else. Maybe it's not a grave. But it's very unlikely that there's any built item on top of a grave. Almost impossible. No. The people themselves, they don't know where the grave of Uthman is. It's very unlikely. We go there, we ask him, Uthman ibn Samin, oh, Ahlul Bayt. He says, I don't know. That's a, we'll come to it. That's another issue. That's a, it's a different thing. But we'll come to those topics of the churches and praying in churches and that. We'll, inshallah, the rest of the chapter will come to it. If you're traveling and uh, you need to go, you want to pray in a masjid, you're not sure whether there's shirk committed. Are you allowed to clarify that with Imam or with the people to ask whether they perform the dirt? Uh, you know, the scholars they mention it's not really, it's not. Uh, something that's upon you to have to go in and do an investigation it's not really upon you to do an investigation to be honest nowadays the reality is the Sufi mosques are the ones who do this kind of activity it's blatant the minute you walk in for most of those mosques it's clear who they are as soon as you go in you'll see the big Ya Allah Ya Rasul Allah at the top of, uh, of the member. you'll see all of the decorations and the lights and all these types of things it's clear most of those people who are upon that way their masajid have become distinct nowadays anyway. But it's not really upon you to have to do an investigation like that. If it looks okay and the rest of them, the masajid, the people, etc., you can pray.